0: Last time on d We got to get there first. We know how important this is. Sorry, guys. Uh, fresh out of goods until the next shipment comes
1: in. Can you direct us to someone who can just sell us some rations, some bread, some food, something?
0: Leave it again, cowboy? Becca, I was looking for you. You open the small, simple wooden chest, and there's a simple note on the top says, for the rabble. Yeah. In front of you lies the Fireweave Bazaar, the place that Bella Lore has instructed you to find the missing gray dogs. We did it. And as you approach this giant indoor mall, you hear the sound of a gasping voice calling from the darkness within. Orange Eyes presents a Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition Campaign. DM'd by Alex LeFerrier. Starring Andrew Gallagher playing
2: Erd. Ian Seelig playing Garam. And John Seelig playing
0: Graf. Eberron Chronicles Oracle of War Season 2. The Mornland has a strange effect on anyone that enters it. Your memories are scattered and fragmented, like shattered glass in front of a mirror suspended over a rippling sea. Ten Zirinthir, midwinter, the month of the storm. You've just built Scrappy after a long night of putting together this new Iron Defender. And Bellalore looks up. Ah yes, yes. This will be perfect for you as you head out into the mornland. Remember, the gray dogs are five people. I mentioned some of them to you. Sprocket? Kali Alran, you know. And don't forget. Tandor Khan, one of the humans I've mentioned before. He's very noticeable. He has a burn on his neck from a horrible time and experience. In the last war, he's missing his left pinky as well, too. And there you are in salvation, sort of awoken from a bad dream, and your memories are scattered and fragmented.
3: So it's like waking up any
1: day?
0: Are there any other
3: identifying features for the other two that you have not mentioned?
0: I mentioned that stout dwarf. He's wearing an eye patch, and they have a halfling as well, too. She's quite chipper, but she tends to keep to herself. Not as much as the dwarf, though. Oh, man. Be careful with him. Is there anything else
2: you could tell us about this crate, uh, th- 300? Uh, is there any signifiers? What's in it?
0: Uh, we're all waiting to find out. It's very important. Nations, countries, houses have yearned for it for years leading up to the day of mourning. People forget. People die. And so people like us can come across very valuable paperwork leading to its long-forgotten place. So this paperwork makes you think it's there? I mean, you could be leading us into a
2: death trap. How do you know? How are you certain? Callie was certain. Is she? Are we
1: clear on why they went out? To get the crate, but they don't know what's in it.
2: Well, I mean, they're not telling us what's in it. They allegedly don't know what's in it. Callie might know what's in it. She did give you the directions to get it. You had specific directions uh, during your prologue.
3: Right, so I was never told what was in it, and... So, how big is this crate? We're expected to bring it back. Are we going to be able to do that with just the three of
0: us? Well, if everything goes according to plan, it won't just be you three anymore. The Grey Dogs will be alive and well.
1: (laughs) And what if we're carrying five corpses along with the crate?
0: Bring the crate back. Leave the bodies.
1: I love a strong order. Any idea how big the crate is? Yeah, it's about, um, it's about crate size. <laughs> it's big. It would probably take like four guys to lift it. And that's just, you know, hoisting it from the dock to the ship. I think we need a plan to get this thing back if that's what we intend to do. Or we open it, bring back what's in it.
2: You know, we, we don't know these gray dogs. They may not trust us. Can we is there something we could tell them to gain their trust instantly? Something between them so they know that we're working together with you. You said you knew Callie beforehand. But what if she's not there? You know what happens in the gray? People's minds go freaky, they twist. She might not know us, she might be dead for all we know. We don't know these other people.
0: Figure it out.
3: We're doing this for you. You could at least help us out a little bit.
0: Uh, what do you want me to say? Tell them Bella Laura sent you. I don't know.
3: Just as helpful as always, thank you.
0: I've given you plenty. I've told you very specific information. And if it wasn't for Gorinda, I wouldn't even have told you at all. I would have just bet on the gray dogs coming back alive. But it's been a little bit longer than I expected.
1: What's more important to you, Callie
2: or the crate? The crate. Thanks for letting
0: us know. And with that... You're wandering through salvation, prepping being met at blocked doors and dead ends hot off the presses of the Salvation Times the recent issue blows by you, you managed to snag a copy and there the most recent headlines read
3: salvage crew causes scrapyard chaos let's see we here at the Salvation Times take pride in presenting the best truth possible in turn we're working to confirm the reality of the salvage crew responsible here so we cannot name names at this time
2: well, I guess that's a little helpful at least. The owner of the scrapyard would like to remind us not to carelessly involve ourselves with just anyone, especially hostile riffraff. Riffraff? Hmm. Better stay away from those gentry. Hostile riffraff, eh? Seems a bit familiar, huh, Graf? It's
3: not the worst I've been called. Grey dogs missing in Mournland. As the last crew who ventured that way almost drowned in a pool of living mercury, hopes are not high for their
2: survival. Shit. The Gentry, a welcome crew to Salvation. Recent salvage crew, endorsed by Aurelian Karnak, Salvation's wealthiest and most prominent patron, warms this wintering outpost. Their recent, astounding success into the Grey recovered this warmth in the shape of a silver arrow for Mother Johanna. The crew was even seen sharing a mug of beer with our very own Brackle after they found him roughed up on the streets. Brackle had little to say. He doesn't talk with just anyone.
1: Strange light seen in the gray. Salvagers returning reported pillar of baleful radiance. Oh, lovely.
2: Don't die in vain. Leave your savings for the poor and infirm ruined by war. Where are you going? You won't need it.
3: So, it doesn't say that Evan Anzer died. It does it does quote Evan Anzer. Um we we do know he's dead. We saw his body. And that all did happen, right? So they we know that this happened and they just didn't report on it yet. I feel I feel like they would mention that, right?
2: Well, this 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 seems like they're setting up Aurelian here to be the good person because it says trust your patrons, which Aurelian is a patron, yeah. and not to trust the salvage crews, which is us. So they're setting us up. Never trust the salvage crew. Right. And remember
3: how it went down with that reporter, in, the junkyard. Right. That's why I was worried that they were going to, like, I thought that the the meat of this headline was going to be. Um rabble kills Evan Anzer causes havoc or whatever like I'm
1: wondering if that's what it says between the lines though I'm wondering if that's what people are assuming maybe yeah or being led to believe
2: it's open-ended too because they could swing into something else yeah right <laughs> <laughs> well this obviously you see they're really in talk here you know the wealthiest and most prominent patron warms this winter outpost. Their recent asto- astounding success, yeah. So it's just like the gentry is awesome. They, it doesn't even say they're a sal- yeah recent salvage crew endorsed, so they're getting like the, all the the good uh, praises here. But we're getting kind of shit on indirectly uh, over here potentially. Just to get under our skin. Well, and it's hard to tell too if the people in town are playing along with this pretending, whereas, you know, they endorsed us in a very silent way by having that crate full of uh, all those supplies. So are they just going along with this sham for the moment while supporting us in the background to oust Arulian? So it's, yeah. Right. There's all these little puppeteers maybe at play. Something's in the background, but we don't know what yet.
0: And with that, your shared collective memories fragment once again. And... (laughs) Before you know it, you're trekking through the Mornland.
2: I thought we were done with this.
0: If you guys would roll a d20 each. 12.
2: 13. Erd rolls a three.
0: What is that thing? It's scrapped together. It kind of reminds me of Salvation. Salvation.
2: Salvation. 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 Salvation.
0: That sentence that you speak aloud refuses to fade away and now circles around your head, repeating itself. Until you finish a long rest, you and anyone within ten feet of you have disadvantage on dexterity stealth checks. Salvation as this voice as a sentence just looks like salvation, 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 salvation. It just kind of wraps around you and this sound just carries on and on and on for hours and days.
2: Salvation,
0: salvation, 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 As you're heading through Kalazart, everyone roll a d6.
2: Erd rolls a three,
0: again. As you're walking through the blown out, blasted city of Kalazart, Erd, you find Bailey Blue Jay's Bakery, a once high-end bakery near the city center owned by a young witch who greatly underestimated the extent of her powers. You recall this character, Bailey. If only you could see her today, what she would say about her lovely bakery stall. It
2: flashes back to moments of his his childhood living on the streets and going to this bakery and he's walking by malnourished, not not feeling good, down in the dumps. And this Bailey just kind of taps his shoulder and he looks behind and reaches over and gives him like a baked confectionery treat. And his eyes glow up and he takes it and is just so happy and uh thankful for this moment and he's just thinking of that as he's passing by and
0: remembering the kindness of the soul you see bailey touching your youthful shoulder standing outside the once glorious shop and the image just fades away leaving behind this empty shell of shattered plates and glasses and moldy buns and burnt out stalls earl the four As you're walking through Kalazar, finding your way to the Fireweave Bazaar, you come across the Hall of Master Howl, a normal enough building on the outside. Its tell is that it's adorned with the images of Balinor, but on the inside, you know, a vast inn in the style of an old longhouse, straw on the floor and great tables laden with ale and endless roast meat where many people congregated once before. The door to enter is a true portal.
3: As I walk by it, it seems very familiar. I can't quite pin down why. So I go over and I open the door to take a look inside.
0: You know that this entrance, which is a strange portal, used to activate around the time of sunset until several hours after sunrise allowing entrance and egress to other places. Leaving at the wrong time, you could end up a long way from home. But now you find the burnt-out ruins of this great hall. Seems like the tables are lined with a feast that has been going on for eternity, but is just left in necrotic mounds of rotting flesh and rotting fruit.
3: But right now it's not a portal because it's not the right time, or because there's no sunlight in the gray, or...
0: Right. At least not at this time. You guess you could wait to try to figure it out, but you're a little bit under pressure right now, and you'd have to convince Graf and Erd to stick around. Right. But the Hall of Master Howl is just this place of feasting and merriment, but now it's just a mockery of its former self.
3: I feel conflicting emotions as I look around, and see the moldy fruit and moldy bread and the the rotting meat. In some ways I kind of like that it's it's natural and it it hasn't really changed all that much. But at the same time it looks uninviting and it's eerie that it's only decayed this much over so many years that it's still recognizable. You can tell that there's kind of a sadness here and I turn to leave. Graph rolled it to
0: Graf, you could stumble upon Watcher's Way, a once underground alley that was built out of the sewers and served as a black market and discreet transportation of some of the seedier types of people. This place was an alleyway that most of the traffic of Kalazart ignored. They passed by, was in the shadows, was never in the sun, and always was covered up by passing carts or a stall, temporary stall for the day. But, you know, Watcher's Way held anything the heart desired. Drugs, illicit goods, child labor, you name it. And it would pass through this, this place at all times of day, through all seasons.
1: This was one of my old haunts. I learned a lot about people here just hanging out and watching the trash go by. Um, I actually spent quite a bit of time here, but this whole place, it's familiar but it's wrong it's like when you have a dream and you're talking to someone in the dream and you know who it's supposed to be but their face is missing this whole place feels like that he just kind of stares
0: off your memories fragment and before you know it you find yourselves out front of the fireweave bazaar The Fireweave Bazaar lies ahead of you, a sprawling marketplace with a faded canopied roof. Junk is strewn throughout the market's main thoroughfare and its windowed shop fronts are covered in grime. So this giant complex in front of you is Calzart's finest mall filled with stalls and shops and has open markets, open stalls, it's a wonderful establishment, but now It's a ghost of its former self. And there at the front, you see a grimy map of the Fireweave Bazaar is mounted on the wall here. Much of its surface has rotted away, but some stores are still identifiable. Someone has scratched crosses over certain shops on the map.
3: Do you think that's a good thing or a bad thing?
2: I point to the crosses on the map. Well, X marks a spot, eh, boys? Does
1: it? It's a lot of spots.
2: It's marking something. I don't know.
0: You guys are very familiar with the Fireweave Bazaar. Well, somewhat. It's been six years. This map is only reinforcing your familiarity with it.
3: Just like we remember, huh?
0: I don't know
2: what I
3: remember anymore.
0: Is that map something we can rip off the wall and bring with
2: us? If you'd like. Yeah, let's do that. Good call. Yeah, so Erd, just seeing the the cloth map mounted on the wall, just takes both of his hands, lifts it up, and just gives it a quick
0: yank and pulls it down. Parts of it disintegrate in your hand as the bottom of it has been melting away.
2: He tries to roll it up and fold it up as gingerly as he can, keeping the little pieces that he can still keep and hold on to and tucks it into his jacket pocket. And we make our
0: way into the bazaar. So there the pathway into the Fireweave Bazaar lies.
1: All right, guard the door, Scrabby. Nobody enters or leaves.
3: Do we want to at least take a peek into Miller's or Rockworks? see
2: see why there might be an x there maybe we send scrappy in first i don't want to lose the the new toy let's use your uh your intuition then garam i trust you i'll take a peek so i
3: am going to go up to the edge of miller's is there a door it's an open stall so i'm gonna cross the threshold but stay
0: in the doorway what can i see you see perfectly preserved loaves of bread and sweet desserts encased in glass lining the walls. Ah, what a treat a slice of Miller's would be.
2: Hey guys, this, this looks pretty good. Erd kind of hears him say that and he,
3: he comes in, well, what's going on in here, Garum, anything good? So I'm gonna go in and take a look at one of those loaves of bread. You said that it's, it's not moldy at all. It's, it looks
0: perfectly normal. It looks perfectly normal.
1: Careful, Garam. Think of those fairy tales. Once you eat in the fairy world, you can never return to your normal life.
0: Oh.
3: I don't trust it. What bread would be good after all this? Maybe someone baked it. Maybe there's someone here.
0: You also see ingredients, pots of flour, sacks of meal lining the back rooms. I give
3: a little shout.
0: Hello? Is anyone here? Your voice echoes. Deadly's quiet.
3: I bet if we can find a date
1: on the shipping for those pallets of flour, it would not be
3: recent. Should we take this bread with us?
2: I don't know, Garam. I wouldn't trust this stuff. All this food around here is rotten.
3: Offer it to the gray dogs.
2: Yeah, maybe if some sort of last resort we go to this stuff, but I think we should uh, stick with what we got and uh, maybe out of desperation we, we go here. All
1: right, I'm going to do an intelligence investigation check, and uh I'm going to roll
0: natural 20. All right. Graf is inspecting this and peers closer to this lovely glazed dessert and pokes it. It oozes with this translucent green ooze, and bugs crawl out of it.
3: Yeah, you know what, Garam? Maybe take a bite. Aren't you just the best friend I've ever had? He gives you a wink.
2: You did live in nature. At one point, you probably ate some of these bugs, huh?
3: No, I preferred hunting for larger game than a little beetle.
2: Well, how about we leave this stuff here and maybe the gentry can have some of this, huh?
3: Now there's a good thought.
2: Yeah, as Erd starts backing his way out of the bakery.
3: So should we we try to press on deeper or should we keep exploring every
2: stall here? Let's go door by door. Callie's got to be somewhere in here.
0: She's not in the bakery. We turn around and uh, take a look at Rockworks. Various geological formations line shelves, fill barrels, and overflow stone bowls. A very prestigious altar stands out in the back with a sign hanging on it. New arrival, Crystal from Kyber. It's bare and recently disturbed. Crystal from Kyber, huh? Crystal from Kyber. Someone's been
3: here and they took something. I take a quick look around. Uh, I'm going to do a little investigation here. You know, like you said, there's a bunch of fun rocks and minerals and geodes. Is there anything that looks particularly enticing that I could bring back as a gift for Becca? Intelligence investigation, and I rolled an 18.
0: Yeah, a blacksmith could definitely use some of these gems and minerals and rocks and materials for crafting.
3: I take my pack and I... I fill it with a bunch of these useful geodes and ores and various geological things. And as I fill my pack, I I say aloud, I don't know what any of these are, but some of them might be of use later on. So I, I take a pack full. You stuff your bag. On to the next gentleman. Just leave a note, I owe you. <laughs> <laughs> I write it in the dust on the altar. On to the
1: next one, Garum. Graph's intrigued by that Kyber crystal, and he wants to look around for tracks or clues or something. He hears like a a different voice in his head. It's it's not speaking a language, but it's just kind of like a low grumble, and it just sort of like makes him antsy, and he wants to walk walk toward it and look for look for something.
0: Roll intelligence investigation.
1: Well burn that twenty too early. Roll to one.
0: You yearn for it and can't figure out what has happened here. My precious
1: Well fuck. <laughs> okay. We'll we'll keep an eye out, Graf. And he just kinda like grumbles back at you. Yeah,
0: you see Garum seems sees Graf, you know, looking furiously at this altar, but seems to be blinded by his own curiosity.
2: And as uh, Graf is looking you know, around, sleuthing around. Erd goes back into his pocket and looks back at the map and sees that the next two rooms have question marks on them and brings it up to the guys. These two were X'd out, but these, pointing to the map, question marks. Wonder what that means. Huh?
1: So, forgive, I I think I missed it. The room we're in, was it? this an X room or was this a normal room? X. X. Both
3: rooms so far have been exits. So that's interesting.
2: But the next one, the carpet, the carpet one and uh, let me look Carpet the
3: Realm and Dragon's Horde.
2: Yeah, have question marks. So, um, can I do intelligence investigation to see if I can, like, deduce what these markings mean, potentially? Yeah. Absolutely. I got a four anyway, so I'm not figuring that out.
1: Well, it sounds like someone knew there were treasures of some kind here and marked off the ones they took. Put question marks on the ones where they tried to take, but didn't find anything. And
2: that's what I think. Well, we're on to the money now, huh? Let's go.
1: Let's see if that theory holds true. So I think the question mark rooms we might be able to find something, but we're too late for the X rooms. That's a hunch. Well, maybe we'll be
3: able to, huh? That's the hope. Oh, fuzzy one. My ear twitches.
2: Uh, Let's go to a question mark, I guess.
3: Do you want to go to the carpets or the dragons?
2: What do you like better, Garam, a carpet or a dragon?
0: Never met a dragon.
2: So it's carpets. It already goes over to the carpets with Garam.
0: A sign above the store reads Carpet Realm. Through the grimy windows, you see rugs and carpets stretching back into the gloom. The gasping corpse of a human scavenger sprawls near the entrance. Ah. And as you lay your eyes on it, it exhausts its last breath of life. Everyone roll Intelligence Investigation. Uh, a six. And a 16. Erd rolls a natural 20. Erd, you definitely can tell this person was smothered and beaten to death. Graff, you notice he has burns all over his neck and he's missing a pinky.
2: Burns on his neck. Missing a pinky? That's Tandor Khan. Shit Well, there's one of the great dogs down, huh? Oh,
1: my friends, this is quickly becoming a murder mystery.
2: So now seeing this this body we think is Tandor Khan, we and Erd start feeling a little bit more of a times of the essence thing because this he just passed away right in front of us. so we have to get moving. And he looks back to graphic Garum. guys, this is this is getting serious really quick. Do you want to take a look around? We might as well real quick, I mean. In we go. I'm
3: going to roll a perception check just as I look around. And it was a 12. Just to see if I notice anything out of the ordinary, anything important, any hidden treasures, whatever. Just what what do I notice as I look around?
0: Well, you notice that all the rugs have been ruined by water damage. not the rugs.
3: Why would there be water damage here?
1: So I what I was going to say is I was actually going to continue looking at
3: the corpse. We're all in the store. So I'm looking around.
2: Graf is looking at the corpse. Aria's watching the doorway, getting a little more suspicious after seeing this freshly killed gray dog.
0: Graf as you're inspecting the body, you notice that the backpack he has has valuable goods in it. Garam, as you're looking about the room, you can see other valuables in the back. And as you cross by the body, one of the rugs lashes out at you. And starts pounding on you and wrapping you up in its fibers. And you take eight bludgeoning damage. Jesus. Roll for initiative. So, as I'm like <laughs>
3: wriggling with this, trying to figure out what's going on, I shout out, at least give me
2: some notice next time. Unnatural 20, uh, 13. Erd rolls a one with this plus one, a two. So, Erd's a bit flustered of seeing this carpet suddenly animate and he's just frozen in shock and slow to react
3: yeah you're the one who's flustered right now
0: all right garam you are currently grappled by this creature you can escape and you are restrained blinded and at risk of suffocating
3: so do i have to make a strength check or can i make a dexterity acrobatics to try and like slip out yep your choice great dexterity try and break free 15. You managed to wriggle free of this braided rug. Well, that wasn't very nice. Now that I'm free and I can take a better look. What do I see? Is it still rolled up? Is it Are there others? What what am I looking at here?
0: As you wriggle free of this braided rug, you see one of them, this bright red rug with a pattern down the middle is up on its looks like hind legs as it's wrapping its front two corners around you and wriggling devilishly as it's animated by the twisted magic of the Mornland.
3: I'm gonna head to the doorway. I'm not gonna leave, but <laughs> I'm gonna retreat to the doorway. All right, graph.
1: All right, so I'm gonna keep one eye on the carpet, but I'm gonna grab the dead guy's goods. And it's actually not for personal gain. I'm looking for clues. I wanna understand so many things what the hell's going on why were they here how did he die where the fuck is Kali? i want answers so i'm gonna grab those goods and just take a quick scan at the same time to see like if i can see any more evidence as to what actually killed him because obviously the scars on his neck were there so we don't actually know what killed him was it a burn you said no he was smothered and beaten to death smothered and beaten so it was just the rug Possibly, it seems like, yeah. That's lame. Alright. So I grab the goods, but I assume that's my action, like picking up his bag and putting it on or whatever. And so he grabs the bag and walks out of the room because if we have to fight the carpet, he doesn't want to do it in a tiny room. So he walks out the door and goes to the swings left a little bit so that if they come out, I have the option to retreat and I can't get stuck in a dead end.
3: Garum, you alright? Then better, but I'm hanging in there.
0: This big giant flailing rug. Standing as tall as Erd, wiggling, writhing, heads towards Erd, tries to wrap him up and fails to do so as Erd manages to push back this rug. Erd, you're up. Erd, after the
2: the rugs in front of him, seeing the corpse on the ground uh, and his compatriots back out of the room, he decides to do the same thing. And he's going to back out straight out of the door into the hallway here to get a, a distance away from the carpet, almost to lure him out as his compatriots flank the left and right. And he's going to take out a short bow and pull it back and take a shot at the carpet, something he never thought he would ever do in his life, shoot a bow at a carpet.
0: Fair. More land presents twisted opportunities.
2: And as Erd pulls back his bow, he's thinking of the weirdness and lets go a shot and rolls a nine.
0: The arrow whizzes by the carpet, missing it.
2: And whizzes by me.
0: Luckily. All right, Garam,
3: you're up. Well, maybe it won't follow us out of here, and I immediately retreat, and I go back to my buddy Erd next to him so I can still have eyes on the, the carpet, and I try the same thing. I'm going to uh, take a shot and fire
0: an arrow at the carpet. A 13. You penetrate the twisted hemp. Roll for damage. Six. You pockmark it through its fibers. I don't know what I expected to happen. I guess that's fitting. So with you guys backing out of the room, the rug flutters back into the carpet realm and slowly drifts down onto Tandor's body, smothering it further into the shop's stone floor.
2: Well, that's unsettling. heard seeing this just asks his compatriots, uh, what is it trying to hide? What is it protecting?
3: Or why does it hate him? I mean, maybe it's just trying to, eat him or something maybe it's getting power or energy or nourishment then why not come to us too
2: Hmm. Well, because we're fighting back for- can I do like a, a, a knowledge arcana yet to see what it's protecting and what it could be doing seven this is some more magic this is just some stuff Erd has never seen and he cannot put two and two together here Erd looking over to Graph. what's in that thing Huh? maybe that'll tell us what's going on So I open it up, and I kind of,
1: more carefully than I normally would, kind of rummage through it looking for anything that looks significant.
0: It's definitely an adventures pack. There's rope, pitons, grappling hooks, four potions of healing. Sweet. And a scrap of paper that has the numbers scrawled on it in a handwritten font. Three, nine, two, three, eight. Three, nine, two, three, eight.
1: Three, nine, two, three, eight. Three, nine, two, three, eight.
3: I wonder why it doesn't just say 300.
1: Is there anything else in the bag worth uh, knowing about?
3: Nope. You hold on to those potions. Yeah. You guard those well. You know it. Thank you. What do we do now? Well, I think one of us stands watch. Keeps an eye on the rug. The others need to continue investigating each room to look for more clues.
2: Seems like these question mark rooms might be the dangerous ones. At least this one was. Yeah, we'll have to be careful. So who wants to stay behind? You wanna stay behind Garum? I don't think we should split up. Well we can go we can we can at least go into like the one of these doors over here and Garam won't be too far behind. So I say we at least check out these other two. Alright.
3: I'll be right here. Call if you need me. Yep. Let's go, Erd. Let's just go into the
2: the most of the, the next available one, so what is this?
3: The Dragon's Horde. Yeah.
2: So Graf and I uh, make our ways into the dragons horde, kinda slinking our way forward, taking our time, and looking through the doorway before we enter. As they do that, I'm standing by. I have my arrow drawn.
3: I have my bow pulled back. Everything's ready to go in case the rug gets up and starts to come towards the doorway.
0: So with Garum watching Graf and Erd's back, Graf and Erd slowly peer around the corner of the Dragon's Horde stall, this crowded store contains a pristine collection of lanterns, decorative figures, and ornamental glass sculptures. Everything else in here is covered in a layer of dust. Graf and Erd roll wisdom perception checks. 17. 4.
1: Attaboy.
2: <laughs> Getting those rolls out of the way. It's payback for reading too good earlier. <laughs>
0: Erd, where is your crystal?
2: So Erd's crystal is in his jacket pocket in the inner uh, pocket. So the inside one facing his body wrapped up in a yellow cloth.
0: Graf, as you are looking around and peering into the dark dragon's hoard lair, you notice tucked away in the back shelves skittering around the small peering eyes of a pseudo dragon staring directly at Erd's lower pocket. This is Season 2 of Eberron Chronicles Oracle of War, DM'd by Alex LeFerrier, played by Andrew Gallagher, Ian Seelig, and John Seelig, and is an orange-eyes creative work. This is one chapter of Episode 2, The Voice in the Machine, by Will Doyle, written as a D&D Adventurers League campaign. Influence this game and story at eberronchronicles.com. Tune in next week when our adventurers encounter. Well, that's pretty extravagant, don't you think?
2: Wonder if we can uh, mm-hmm. knock it down a few pegs, guys, huh? Like the old days with
0: Callie. Erulyan's not going to be happy with us today. Seems House Vidalis isn't pulling through on their weight. Bad dog, what are you doing? Hey, Scott, dang, thanks
1: <sighs> Or just give it to him. We can follow him and find out what he wants.
0: Why don't you take a look for yourself? Enough
3: dress-up. We have a job to do. Let's go. We can't trust anybody around here.
2: Why not uh,
0: set the odds in our favor? (laughs) What's the meaning of this? Have you no decency? Please rate and subscribe to this show wherever you get your podcasts. It really helps us out. Email the show directly at speakingstone at eberronchronicles.com You are our Dragon Shards and keep this show powered.